This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Our guest today is Robert Dozier. He's executive director of the Mississippi Independent Pharmacist Association. So today on the show, we'll be suggesting different methods to save money on prescription medications. Some of the tips might be just a change in the way you pay for your prescriptions, while other methods require you to speak with your doctor or pharmacist to determine what's right for you. We're looking for your calls this morning, be it uh, related to uh, shopping for prescription drugs or personal finance. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 If you're not near a phone, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. In fact, even if you are near a phone, you can still email the show. Uh, and also, uh, please, if you have a personal finance question, don't feel that it's off topic. We've got a lot of useful information information for you this morning about prescription drug costs, but we're always looking for your personal finance questions. So good morning. I uh, hope everyone is doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what about financial news in the news? Oh, well, we're just buzzing about Turkey this week, and uh, that just shows that we are all so connected. Uh, we trade cross borders. Uh, Turkey's having internal problems, um, and now we're sort of um, in a little bit of a battle with him about uh, some political issues that is spreading to economic issues and is affecting all of our emerging markets. Yeah, so uh, brief history of Turkey there. Their uh, president is kind of... Mm, yeah, he's questionable. Uh, he's, he's going more authorit- authoritarian, and they've always had kind of struggles with a kind of a... They, they've been a really great kind of um, non-religious government in the mid- kind of bridging the Middle East and uh, Europe, but they're going um, a little... Bring in more religious laws and uh, the kind of some sects of Islam who want to keep that out of government government have been persecuted more and more. And, you know, that's that's led to a lot of issues between um, uh, us and them. And and now it's spreading into tariffs. And of course, their their currency. We were not going to say tariffs. We we said a few weeks ago we were going to give up saying tariffs. I'm so sorry. Uh, Anyway, so that's that's spread to their currency. And that's really going to affect a lot of things now. And speaking of tariffs, uh, upcoming in the uh, coming weeks. You said weeks, it, I did. Uh, speaking of the T word, uh, that'll be a topic, a future topic uh, later this month on in legal terms. Oh. I'm sorry. In in future, my producer Liz is telling me the very near future. In fact, uh, right after this show, they will be speaking about uh, those issues on in legal terms. So you might want to stay tuned for that. Uh, one question. I heard a story about, uh, I think there are... 
I think there are elections going on in Zimbabwe, but it was a story about the situation in Zimbabwe. And they said due to hyperinflation that they dumped their currency and they adopted the American dollar. How does how does that work? How do they how do they get dollars to fuel their economy? Well, that's the trick, isn't it? <laughs> you can choose your currency that you want to use. You can use sticks if you wanted to. Yes, you can you can do any currency you'd like. The problem is um, with something called a fiat currency, which means it doesn't have value in and of itself. Um, at times we've traded with commodity currency like gold, which has value, or salt, which has value. But fiat currency dollars, uh, whatever their particular currency is, um, it depends on the stability and um, structure of the government and its economy. And so if it's declining and it has no value, and so that's why you would go to the dollar. The dollar still is the gold standard, not to use a pun here, <laughs> um, as far as it is used in a lot of commodity trading. So um, even for countries trading amongst themselves who are who don't use dollars, they will often convert to dollars to make purchases in commodities. And we're trying to hold on to that because that also gives our currency more value. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we're going to be visiting today with Robert Dozier. He's executive director of the Mississippi Independent Pharmacist Association. We'll be talking about ways that you can lower costs for prescription drugs. If you have a question for Robert or if you have a personal finance question, our phone lines are open and ready. So give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 7464 Or you can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So, Robert, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you would give us maybe a little bit uh, about your background and something, uh, a little bit of information on the Mississippi Independent Pharmacists Association. Well, the Mississippi Independent Pharmacies Association, their um, their membership is the locally owned private uh independent pharmacies across the state of Mississippi. And so how many do we have? You have probably somewhere around 350, 375 independent uh, pharmacies across the state. Now, the the other th- uh, question you might add is how many chain drugstores do you right. have? And uh, the numbers are uh, very, very close uh, to each other. Um, the chains outnumber the independents just probably by about 25 to 35 stores statewide, in which you when you start talking about statewide numbers like that, that's not a, that's not a, a, a big deal. But a lot of people, all they see are the big chain drugstores on every right. corner in in uh, Jackson and Meridian and everywhere else across the state, and so they they tend to forget about the independent drugstores across the state. And when you really start digging into how you can save money and everything, it's the legally the the uh, the locally uh, independent drugstores in the state of Mississippi, the independent. They're they're going to be the the uh, cost saving uh, uh, factor for you. All right. So off the top, we need to uh, remind listeners that uh, our guest Robert Dozer is not a pharmacist himself. So we're not taking. <laughs> I've medical. already tried. I've been telling him about this ache I've got. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I'm, true. I'm married to one. If okay. that counts, <laughs> that's close. <laughs> uh, so uh, so uh, we can't take medical questions. Uh, for those, you know, we have Southern Remedy airs Monday through Friday at eleven, always uh, addressing a number of uh, rela- uh, various uh, health related issues. So if you have a medical question, save that for Southern Remedy. We are talking again today about uh, prescription drug costs and ways that you might could save some money. Uh, We have an early caller on the line. So why don't we start things off by inviting Nettie from Ocean Springs onto the show. Good morning, Nettie. Go ahead, please. Good morning. 
morning. I recently had to undergo uh, a surgical procedure. I'm on Coumadin because of an artificial heart valve. And I, pri- I was pricing the Lovenox. I have to get off the Coumadin and go to the Lovenox as a bridge. I went up and down the coast looking for prices for the Lovenox. The Lovenox wound up being anywhere from $500 to $1,100 for wow. my dosage that I needed. I got on, uh, I Googled, and I said, cheap Lovenox. And it came up with GoodRx. And GoodRx wound up costing me less than $80 for the same dosage. So is that an online pharmacy? It, well, no, it's not an online pharmacy. I just put it off a coupon, and I took it to Walgreens, and they uh, accepted it. Now, today it might be Walgreens. You, you need to get back on the line uh, every time you need it. Like I, the first time I used uh, one pharmacy, the second time the coupon was at another pharmacy. But it didn't matter with that kind of a savings. I mean, that was awesome, you know? Right, that is. And so um, I think you were telling me about that earlier when we were chatting uh, that there are these manufacturer coupons. Yes, uh, some some of these drugs out there, not all drugs, um, brands, generics, uh, mostly on the branded side because the generics are already uh, fairly uh, inexpensive as it is. But let's focus on brands. Some of these drug manufacturers will have these coupons like the individual uh, is, is saying right now. And what you do is you go out there and you try to find it uh, if it's available, and you can take this coupon and take it to the chain drugstore or to the uh, local independent drugstore, and it will save uh, a good bit of money as well. Yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, even on some of the advertisements for um, a medication that sometimes the company says, you know, Company X can help you uh, with the cost of your medication. Um, also, our producer, Liz Gill, found a website uh, that deals with the uh, government's list of discounted drugs. It's uh, medicare.gov slash pharmaceutical assistance program. So if you're looking for coupons, that might be another uh, a source to go for to try to find uh, some savings online via. Uh, some coupons. Uh, so, Robert, one of the other things on our list, and again, we're going to try to cover 10 suggestions for lowering costs on prescription drugs this hour. But number one is shop around. Yes, um, especially if you if you don't have insurance, if you're not covered by private insurance or Medicaid or Medicare Part D, and you're paying a ca- uh, uh, cash, um, pl- shop around. Um, you will hear horror stories about uh, some individuals going to drugstores and it, the drug might cost them $500, and then they might go to an independent drugstore where uh, the independent has lower cash prices um, pretty much across the board, and it is fairly reasonable in everything. And so I, I highly suggest for that individual who is paying cash out of pocket to shop around out there and try to find those those uh, stores uh, and pharmacies that have the better price for the cash-paying customer. And so you're saying so go through the chains, the locally owns and maybe even uh, online to see what your what your best uh, cost might be yeah well you know I, i'm myself personally i would trust a more uh, traditional brick and mortar pharmacy whether it be a chain or an independent um i'm I'm just not big on shopping online i'm I'm one of these individuals that I like to 
talk face to face with a uh, person, especially a healthcare provider. And when we're talking healthcare, I think you need to to have a face to face interaction with a true healthcare provider, not an, a one eight hundred operator or somebody on the um, on the internet. And but such. you do hear about people who are on uh, maybe they're they're taking something on a daily basis, and so there's a way for them to um, order, let's say, several months at a time, maybe three to six months at a time, and so that allows them to get something cheaper than they would if they just went one month at a time at the local pharmacy. Yeah, you, you can do that. That is an option out there for some individuals. But the, the downside to that is here you are, you're trying to keep that individual healthy and and you're trying to keep them out of the doctor's office as well. And so you're trying to keep them compliant with their medication and adherent to their medication as well, too. And, and it's all about producing positive outcomes uh, for these patients out there. So when the individual goes and they get get a 90-day supply or they get a six-month supply, sometimes that patient will not be as compliant with their medication as they should be if they're on a 30-day supply and they go back to that pharmacy, whether it be an independent or a chain drugstore, and they get that face-to-face counseling like they probably should every 30 days. So there's 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 pros and cons to, to what we're saying right here. All right, uh, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll continue our discussion about the cost of prescription drugs with uh, other suggestions. Also, what is a gag clause when it comes to prescriptions? We'll find out after the break. Give us a call if you'd like to join the conversation with a question. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 or email the show money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I always like to remind you that if you ever are looking for a past show, we archive our local programs at mpbonline.org. You would go mpbonline.org slash money talks for this show. Also, don't forget about the MPB public radio app. If you download that for your smartphone, you can listen to MPB Think Radio programs on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. And today we're visiting with Robert Dozier, executive director of the Mississippi Independent Pharmacists Association. We're talking about ways to lower prescription drug costs, but we're always looking for your personal finance questions as well. So give us a call if you'd like to join the program. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And again, a reminder, uh, we are talking about the cost of prescription drugs, but 
no one in the room is a pharmacist or a medical <laughs> professional. So save those medical questions uh, for any day, Monday through Friday at 11 on our Southern Remedy series, and you'll get some great advice from our slate of doctors. Um, so one thing we just kind of barely touched on there, you know, the difference between going to a local pharmacist, uh, looking for cheaper drugs online. Um, and this isn't exactly money saving, but going to a local pharmacist, they are medical professional and they do add some value there. I mean, just knowing from talking to my friends who are pharmacists and, you know, their interactions with patients, the sort of advice they can give them, um, especially in spotting maybe two drugs that don't work well together. What sort of value does going to your local pharmacist add, um, especially for maybe someone with a more complicated, um, you know, medical history or lots of lots of drugs they need well at an independent pharmacy um here in the state of mississippi you're you're not a number you're you are a patient you are a customer Mm -hmm. you are um a a part of that that institution right there that business and the independent pharmacists across the state I have a partner um, in a drugstore, and and he is a pharmacist, and I I always pick on him and say, you know what, if you had the choice to make a million dollars a year or (laughs) practice pharmacy at the going rate, you would choose to practice pharmacy 365 days out of the year. Mm -hmm. They love being pharmacists. They love helping people, taking care of people, making sure that they get their medication and making sure they get the uh, the medication therapy management that they deserve, the face-to-face counseling that they deserve and everything else like this. The independent pharmacists are part of the local community. Mm-hmm. They are part of the local community and they want the local community to, to uh, be better. They want their patients to be better and everything as well too. And so they they go ab- above and beyond the call of duty of just being a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Um, they are true healthcare providers, and they are pill- and they are pillars of the uh, local communities. So they can not only kind of help you improve your medical regimen, but also probably out there helping you pr- prevent. Preventing you from making big mistakes it, it, exa- that you might make. Exactly, make because it. just like you were talking about a while ago, the uh, the drug interactions. The pharmacist is going to be the first ones that pick up on the drug interaction because you might go to several different mm-hmm. physicians out there, and you, you. I go to a lot of physicians. <laughs> <laughs> we hear we I hear about it every every week. I'm a little tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're not going to get into that just right now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this isn't a medical show. We're doing financial <laughs> advice based. But on, I want to come back to. Um, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's can I afford this, and mm-hmm. how do I afford this? Now, if you're a Medicare uh, eligible person, if you're 65 or over, then you can sign up now for Part D, and so that was a big change in our policy to um, have some um, help with the pharmaceutical side for people. But, you know, there are a lot of folks who haven't reached that point yet. And I am just really confused when I deal with my insurance and I go to my pharmacist. You're not the only one. Uh, it's crazy because <laughs> there are times when when it's, it's like there's a price for the insurance company and then there's another price for somebody who just walks in the door. A cash paying customer? Yeah, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And um, I also don't understand why my insurance company can say say, well, we'll fill this tomorrow, but we won't fill it today, and I need it today. And so I end up at times 
paying a cash price for some pills that are outrageous just so I can get some relief. So this whole insurance game um, and what they will and will not pay and their negotiations uh, with the drug companies, I, I, I just find it confusing. And there's all these different, well, this drug was classified in this category last year, and now it's classified in a different category this year. And so that affects how much I have to pay. Mm-hmm. Don't feel bad. You're not the only one across. I do feel bad if I don't take my medicine. Well, I understand. I understand what I'm saying. You're not the do only one. Do take your medicine. That, that has this problem in the state of Mississippi or across the, the United States. The problem that we're seeing on a day-to-day basis in the independent pharmacy community is that the insurance companies, the pharmacy benefit managers, and the Medicare Part D plans, they are running the business. The only time that we have the ability to set a price for a customer is if they are a cash-paying customer. You, you mentioned a while ago about gag clauses. I'll give you an example of how the insurance companies and the pharmacy benefit managers and the Part D plans are running the market. Uh, independent pharmacies have to sign contracts with these three entities out there to be included in the networks. Guess what? These contracts that the independent pharmacies sign, there's no negotiating. These three entities, the insurance companies, pharmacy benefit managers, and the Part D plans, they, they throw the contract at us and say, you either sign it or not. It's, there's no negotiating. Take it or leave it. And so the independent pharmacists, we're forced to sign these contracts so therefore we can continue to serve these patients. And a lot of times these contracts are in the favor of the Part D plans and the pharmacy benefit managers. So in, in to get to your point about uh, the gag clauses, so say you walk into a drugstore and your copay is... $100. Who sets the copay? Your insurance company, right. the pharmacy benefit manager, or the Medicare Part D plan if you're 65 and above. So The, the insurance business. Th- that's let's right. It, let's put them all in the same there you go. bucket over the, here. They're all the same. So, and they're in business to make money. I understand. There you go. But they're making an obscene amount of money. Please say that one more time. Obscene <laughs> amount of money. It is unbelievable. So to get to your point, you walk into a store and you have you pick up your drug and it's a hundred dollar copay and your insurance company is the one that sets the copay. Okay, they're the ones that are telling the pharmacist to charge you a hundred dollars for the copay. The pharmacist is sitting there looking at their computer and they can see your copay is a hundred dollars. Right. But they can tell that that drug the cash price for that drug at that local pharmacy might be $50. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so here we go. Here's here's the gag clauses. Keep in mind that we are forced to sign these contracts. In these contracts, there are gag clauses to where the pharmacist or in the pharmacy is prohibited telling you that we could sell that drug to you cheaper on a cash price and you not use your insurance Well, you know, uh, Ryder and I are in a business where we are required to put the interest of our clients 
first. That's called being a fiduciary. And I don't understand in the healthcare business why you are not under those same guidelines. We would love for the insurance companies, the PBMs, Part D plans to have a, a true fiduciary responsibility to the client. And that would be the patient. That would be you, uh, the one trying to get the prescription drug. So they're handcuffing us from doing the right thing so by we've the patient. Got, so we've got, we've got the insurance industry. We've got the pharmaceutical industry. Now, you already said the insurance industry is making obscene amounts of money. Uh, I know the pharmaceutical industry is also making obscene amounts of money. So now we're back to folks who are squeezed in the middle just trying to get the meds that they need. And we hear this talk about, oh, well, we need to lower the cost of pharmaceuticals. How do we do this when we've got these two big industries battling for profit? Okay. It, let me let me finish real quick about the gag clause, because in that situation that I just explained, $100 copay versus $50 cash price, our association, Mississippi Independent Pharmacy Association, passed legislation with the help of uh, Senator Dean Kirby and Representative Sam Mims this past uh, session to allow the pharmacists, if it is a private insurance company, to allow the pharmacist to be be able to inform the patient, just like in your case right here, that the cash price would be cheaper. Okay, you said if it's a private insurance. That's right. Does that include Part D? No, that does not include oh, Part D. Oh, good grief. That's well, where I'll, most of the business is. I'm, I'm, I will get to that in just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you're really excited about this. So we were able to pass that on a state level. That went into effect July 1st of this year. So the pharmacist now can tell a, a private uh, insurance patient if their copay is cheaper, I mean, it's, it's higher than the cash price. In Congress, as we speak right now, there is legislation moving through that would allow the pharmacists to disclose this information on Part D plans right so now. So we just need to call our congressman? Yes. you And, and, and I will say this. Um, all of our congressional delegation here in the state of Mississippi is on board with that. Good. Our association works very closely with our congressional delegation in D.C., and they are they are um, friends of our association, and, and they are friends of the patients out there that need this relief right here. Now, to get back to the pharmaceutical companies, uh, the pharmaceutical companies are sometimes being um, – uh, held at gunpoint, so to speak, by the the PBMs, the pharmacy benefit managers, the Medicare Part D plans, and the insurance companies. But I'm not going to sit here and say the pharmace- pharmaceutical companies are all wearing white hats, you know, but uh, they sometimes have the gun held to their head as well, too. And you're exactly right. You have all of these big entities out there. They're squeezing the, the, in, the patient, the customer who's coming in there and having to choose, am I going to pay for my medicine this month or am I going to buy groceries right, this month. Yeah. All right. Uh, we need to take another quick break. Before we go, though, we from that conversation, we got a couple more tips. First of all, sometimes it's better to not use insurance, so ask about that. And we talked about the gag clause. So don't be afraid to ask your pharmacist some direct questions if there is a cheaper way to get the medicine that you need. We're going to uh, continue our discussion after the break. Uh, in your search for cheaper medication, who else should you be talking to? We'll talk about that after the break. We're looking for your comments and questions this morning. Give us a call if you have a question at one eight seven seven mpb ring. Our phone number is one 7464 or email the show money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Uh, they're both co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And a reminder, this Saturday in Jackson is the fourth annual, I believe it is, Mississippi Book Fair. And Nancy told me during the break uh, that they will be featured in the Author Alley. Now, uh, Nancy, I understand that you're not going to be there, but Ryder and Susan, your collaborator, yeah, uh, will, will be, be there. there. So stop by. Say hello, say hello, and uh, and and you can get a chance to to get the the piggy planet. Of prudent investors get going young. So, uh, and hopefully it won't be too hot, Ryder. Hopefully not. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got some calls on the line, but first um, we, we talked about who to ask about. We you know we uh, Robert we mentioned the, the gag clause, so it's a good way to kind of be assertive. Go ask your pharmacist if there's a way to get uh, medication uh, cheaper. Also, um, maybe it's a good idea to talk to your doctor about whether you need. Uh, the drug in the first place. Well, I guess I guess the patient could always um, do that. Um, I'm I'm not a, a medical provider by any means, and so that I think that the patient needs to uh, take that up with their medical provider and such. But also, again, uh, they can give you information on on the drugs. Uh, so uh, the the message I guess here is is it's your health, uh, and so you're responsible for it. So don't be afraid to ask both your doctor and the pharmacist questions regarding both the costs and and. Uh, uh, the use of the medications. And that is something I've been hearing more and more about um, doctors being more attentive to the patient's, you know, financial circumstances or living circumstances when they prescribe things, when they when they give them recommendations. Because, you know, it may be that the doctor was just recommending, oh, yeah, you need the brand name, but the generic works just fine. If you didn't, you know, check the box on the prescription pad, then, you know, they would have been stuck with a higher one. So, you know, be, doctors being more aware of financial situations might be a very useful thing you know be upfront with your doctor about that you know you're not you know worse comes to worse he's going to say i'm really sorry you really need this yeah. I, I think you're exactly correct. I think the, the medical providers and the pharmacists work very close day to day. I know they do in the independent pharmacy uh, business. Mm -hmm and such because the the local physicians are there the local pharmacies are there they have great relationships and th they have a common bond that mm -hmm. patient right there and they're trying to do the best thing they can with that patient mm -hmm. uh, to produce a, a positive healthy outcomes and a lot of times yes the pharmacist and the doctor will collaborate and try to figure out what best drug plan that they need to do uh, prescribe and dispense for that patient right there because you don't want to get down into a point where the patient has to choose between purchasing their, their groceries for the month mm -hmm. or their prescription drugs for yeah. the month. All right. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with Robert Dozier, Executive Director of the Mississippi Independent Pharmacists Association. We've got some calls on the line. Let's start again in Jackson. Sheila has called in today. Good morning, Sheila. Go ahead, please. Good morning. This question is for the pharmacist. The savings that you've been talking about really are peanuts when it comes to uh, savings. The, the big um, enchilada is allowing Medicare and Medicaid to negotiate the price of drugs, and they are pro prohibited. They are the Medicare is the single 
the number one purchaser, biggest purchaser of, of medicines in the United States, but they don't have the right, like the VA does, to negotiate the price of drugs. Are you? Do you support that? Um, that is a good question. You're exactly correct. Um, Me- Medicare does not have the authority to negotiate uh, for the price of drugs right now. If you go and you look at President Trump's, um, I guess, blue, uh, blueprint for reducing uh, the prescription drug costs, that is one of his line items in there to allow the uh, the federal government to have the ability to negotiate with these drug companies uh, for to lower the prescription drug costs. Well, and you would think that would be the case all along because uh, they represent such a big customer in the market. They should have that power to negotiate, and that just tells you the power of the pharmaceutical lobby. I, I, I agree. I'm not going to, to <laughs> deny that. <laughs> and the uh, and the other thing that we have out here are different class of drugs um, because the, the hospitals can buy at a different uh, rate that we can. The VA can. Um, the, uh, pharmacies, uh, chain and independent, they buy at a higher rate than than the hospitals and the uh, the VA and such like that. So we have these different classes out there, and and we shouldn't. We should all have one class where we can all buy it at the same cost well, and I pass mean, that I, savings on to I, the customer. I, I understand those different pricing structures because that's what happens in business. Mm-hmm. When you have a bigger customer, you give them a discount. That's just the nature of business. So I don't understand why we have this huge customer in the federal government and we don't get the discount. And we are facing such dire budget situation because of health care costs. I, I concur with you 100%. I think I think we do. That's my rant. <laughs> and, but no, it's a very good rant. It's, it's, not, very, it's not over. And it's, a very, and it's a very good question as well. And, and I agree with both of you. Uh, we do need to have the ability to negotiate. Simple. All right, Sheila, thanks for your call. Let's move on. Next, uh, Sue has called in from Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. I, I, my personal opinion is that the pharmaceutical companies are rip-off artists. That's just plain and simple. There's not one of them that, that aren't billion-dollar businesses, but customers are out here having to scratch around to find a bargain on their drugs. That, that's a shame, you know? When I lived in Texas, I could go across the border to Mexico and buy the same exact drugs at a pharmacia down there for the same drugs for pennies on the dollar what you pay in the United States. So tell me what's wrong with that. Um, Miss Sue. You're on the spot. <laughs> I am on the spot. Um, and this is not legal advice. It, exactly. Preface this is that. not legal advice. Any medication, you go in there and buy any medication you want and just go in and, and buy it for a few pennies. You got what you need. Well, let's let's say hypothetically it, it was the, the the same medication and everything. You know, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. Uh, but let's say it is. Um, that's one of the things that that President Trump it, in his blueprint is saying that, you know, uh, Canada, Europe and other companies outside the United States, they're able to sell the same drug that we are for much less. And and all of the work has in the has been done here in the United States. And so why can't we in this country receive the same savings as the uh, as our uh, foreign allies out there? So. 
we need to start taking care of uh, these patients here in the United States, Mississippi as well, too, uh, and trying to reduce the, the uh, high cost of prescription drugs. Well, now, I am going to speak up a little bit for the pharmaceutical companies. Um, something, something, rant over something, something. Okay. No <laughs> rant. In that, in that um, we do produce some of the most innovative products on the planet, and the cost of that research needs to be covered, and we do want those companies to make money because we want them to be motivated to do the research and take us to the next level, but they still cannot justify the profits that they're making. Well, and and, and here's the issue as well, because... Yes, and a lot of that, a lot of groundbreaking, amazing research in drugs gets done here in the United States. But if the United States ends up being, if we end up being the people who pay the most for it, we're the ones who are subsidizing the rest of exactly. the world. Um, and if we, if if uh, you know, Medicare and other places were allowed to negotiate down a, a little more, then that would just mean there's another negotiating player out there. And it wouldn't mean that the pharmacy companies suddenly don't make any money because they're still just not going to sell the product if they're not going to make the money. It would just mean that when they negotiate with the European Union or when they negotiate with Canada, then that negotiation isn't going to be quite as favorable because now they're not making, they're still going to make the profits. Um, and that's that's okay because, again, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of people with a lot of very expensive degrees and a lot of very, very and carefully controlled a long time. lot of very carefully controlled testing to get these things done. So, like, sure, give them a ton of money when they make an amazing drug that, you know, helps people out. But, you know, if the United States is the only one who's paying full rate or we're paying the highest rate, then everyone else, you know, that makes it possible for them to sell it to other countries cheaper. And, you know, we're kind of being taken advantage of because it's, you know, it's in our laws that we can't negotiate with all that. You, you hit the nail on the head whenever you said the United States is subsidizing the rest of the world's pharmacy, pharmacy mm-hmm. business. And, and here we are here in the United States. We're paying the highest cost of prescription drugs in the world. And I think it's totally unfair. All right, uh, Sue, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking today about uh, controlling the cost of your prescription drugs. If you'd like to join in with a question, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Robert, is there an issue of quality control when someone chooses to go maybe to Mexico or to Canada to try to get cheaper medication? Uh, That's always a a good question. And, and the most important question you need to ask yourself. So how how do you know that that is a legitimate drug and the, the same quality as the local pharmacy around the corner from your house and everything? That's what worries me. And, you know, and this is my own personal choice. Um, I, and I'm only speaking for Robert Dozier. That's why I don't do a lot of shopping online. Um, I don't do a lot of shopping, you know, 1-800 uh, numbers or anything like that. It's I want to be able to look the the healthcare provider in the face and have a conversation with him, receive that uh, face-to-face pa- patient counseling and everything, uh, and know that uh, the FDA and the, and all of the pedigrees and everything, along with the wholesalers and the manufacturers, um, have produced a legitimate, uh, safe drug that is being dispensed in that local independent pharmacy. So, okay, so something that that last call made me think of because Sue has called before and she, you know, lives out in the country and. Um, 
And if I've got that wrong about you, see my apologies. But for someone who does live in rural Mississippi, and maybe there's only one pharmacy near them, you know, they work long hours, they have to travel a lot, they have a hard time getting their medicine. Are there are there programs, are there ways out there for people to make arrangements? Um, because, I mean, a big problem you hear about is people who just, they just can't get their medicine, they can't afford it, all sorts of reasons that they're not getting the health care that they need, they're not getting the health care they're entitled to, um, just because of, you know, hardship. Uh, are there program? I mean, I know that's a lot of things, um, but are there are there ways people can can get get that done? Simple question, and the simple answer is the majority of our members in our association deliver. They deliver in town awesome. and, and out of town. Um, give you a prime example. Several years ago, uh, a member of ours up in Holly Springs, Bob Lominick. Uh, Holly Springs had a, a snowstorm, ice storm, or what have you, and one of his customers couldn't get out. So she called the drugstore. Not only did Bob Lominick uh, deliver the medication to her, but he, he took her some ice cream there. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. what, right, more next, you, what more do you need? Ice cream and a snowstorm. It wasn't insulin he was delivering. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need both. It's a long <laughs> night. <laughs> All right. Uh, time for one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're visiting today with Robert Dozier, Executive Director of the Mississippi Independent Pharmacists Association. When we get back, when filling a prescription, does the amount of pills in your bottle make a difference? We'll talk about that. And we've got Jim on the line from Madison with his comment as well. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson and Ryder Taft. Today we're visiting with Robert Dozier, Executive Director of the Mississippi Independent Pharmacists Association, and been having a good discussion about ways to try to uh, control the costs of prescription drugs. We'll get to Jim's comment in just a minute, but first, you know, earlier in the hour we talked about the idea of uh, longer-term prescriptions, and there might be a little bit of cost, uh, but Robert, your concern was just to, it's something that someone should weigh out before uh, taking that plunge, is that you think maybe sometimes it's a good idea to be more regularly in touch with your pharmacist to make sure sure that you stay on uh, the medications regimen. Yes, and that's, that's, that's one of the drawbacks to a 90-day supply. 90-day uh, supply might work for some people out there, uh, but for some others it might not because um, they need that face-to-face -face counseling. They need that medication therapy management um, counseling. They need to, to have that face-to-face that face -face interaction.
connection with that pharmacy provider to stay stay that path and to 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 uh, stay compliant with that medication to help hopefully produce those healthy outcomes. Also, our first tip was to shop around to to try to get a good cost, but I would uh, think that the uh, suggestion would be that once you pick a pharmacist, it's a good idea to stick with that because if you have this medication from this pharmacy and this medication from that pharmacy, uh, sometimes it might fall through the cracks, so it's better to find one, stick with them, and so they know your complete uh, medical history because earlier, Robert, we did talk about the idea of two drugs having adverse interactions. Yes, uh, it it is good to stick with one pharmacy uh, because... If you go to several doctors out there, say you, you visit three or four doctors. Um, and this week. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, you go to these three or four doctors, and th- these doctors aren't talking to, to each other. Uh, but if you go to one pharmacy, the pharmacy sees all of the medication that you are prescribed by all of these multiple doctors, and therefore they can pick up on the interactions and, uh, and such like that. And that is so common with uh, older people. Um, I hear this from friends all the time where they they go in with their older parents and they they realize that part of the problem that they're experiencing right now is the is the medication. And so one of the first things they do is they start to call that list and suddenly mom comes out of the fog, you know, because she's been just over medicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see that all the time in the independent pharmacy uh, business and and it gets back to the the doctor and the pharmacist working together. And you know that that pharmacist might have to work with several different docs for that one patient out there. And 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 that's, you know, that it gets back to that pharmacist being a part of that healthcare uh, team uh, out there. All right. Back to the phone lines we go, starting again in Madison. Jim's on the line. Good morning, Jim. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I have a comment about um, advertising to the public of uh, prescription drugs. And I, I haven't heard the whole show, so if you all have already covered that, mm-hmm. let me know and I'll just hang up. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, several physicians have told me that every time a new prescription drug ad comes on TV, that they are just besieged uh, by patients who demand that that drug be prescribed for them. Um, The drug might be no more effective than a long-term generic, and it's going to cost 20 times as much. Um, You know... uh, uh, it's the power of advertising. Yeah, a prescription drug is not going to be prescribed by a physician uh, without examining the patient, or shouldn't be. And the retail advertising of it, I think, just creates um, an unnecessary demand for high-priced drugs. I I would agree. And um, how long ago did that start? Because it... it it was. It's been fairly recent that we have allowed these pharmaceutical companies to advertise, right? And um, I, I think we should do away with that. You know, if you can't, if you can't advertise cigarettes, then there's no point in advertising well, prescription drugs. Well, and you sure can't advertise alcohol in Mississippi. Exactly. Right. right. All right. Hey, right. Jim, thanks for the comment. Good point. And uh, so I think the, the, the takeaway there is, again, remember that these are companies that are in the business to make money. And so don't accept, you know, what you might hear on a commercial. You might could suggest it to your doctor, but realize. Well, if you just listen to the, the list of side effects, <laughs> surely that would deter you. But, you know, remember that, again, you know, the doctor and your health.
healthcare professionals are the one that are charged with helping you uh, stay healthy. So don't uh, don't be. Uh, you well, know. and I'm hoping that those doctors are holding the line. So if I show up and I go, well, you know, I saw this really great drug on television that they would say, no, you don't need that. All right. Uh, we've got uh, another call to get to, and it's uh, Craig in Vicksburg. Good morning, Craig. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I was wondering what your thoughts and comments may be on a program called MediShare that I've been hearing about. It's uh, I've heard it through the airways, and it's where uh, the group of people that belong to the association pay a monthly fee, and then everyone pays for the subscription for the individual. Mm-hmm. Now, is that just for pharmaceuticals or for health care in general? Uh, I think it's for health. Uh, they advertise yeah. it as only pharmaceutical, I believe. Um, I've heard of, and this may not be exactly what you're thinking of, and I forget what they're called, but it's something that was kind of uh, an exception that may have been in, built into the Affordable Care Act where you could have... Um, yeah, it, it is. Basic, it's uh, like an association, yeah. but I've, I've heard of it not just for pharmaceuticals. But for general health care as well. Or in place of having insurance that you could have this. Right. Yeah, it would be in, in, in place of insurance. I, and, you know, they sound very nice, and, and I know they have very, you know, they're typically, you know, tout very low costs. But I've also, you know, dig a little deeper. I've heard a lot of absolute nightmare stories. Um, just because r- they real depend. strict limits on what they'll cover. Well, and they depend on the members actually uh, ponying up when it's time for them to pay. When there is somebody who needs the assistance, then other yeah. members might have to put more money into the bucket to cover those costs. It, it, it's kind of like uh, you know a precursor to or, you know a health insurance company. What a health insurance company might have used to be yeah. back before you know it evolved and grew into something that is you know as much as we hate them and you know pick on them um, is. is is a lot better than not having anything to, to cover your health care And remember, costs. insurance is based on this principle of having a large pool of people. And so the larger the pool of people, the more diverse that pool of people, then the more stable mm-hmm. that plan and the lower the cost for everybody. So um, a lot of these associations are much smaller pools of people, and that's what you can get into trouble with. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your call, Craig. Uh, got about a half a minute left. Want to tap a couple loose ends. Uh, drug uh, advertisements began, uh, according to Liz Gill, our producer, looked it up, 1983. Also, don't forget about a, a health savings account. That might uh, be a source for you to try to save some money on your prescription drug costs. And we talked about Medicare. Obviously, you want to make sure you compare all the plans, see what's best for you before you sign up. And you can change plans um, at the end of every year because they're specific to the types of meds you're taking. All right. Very good. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talk is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Uh, thanks to Liz Gill, our producer, and our call screener, Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Ryder Taft, and our guest, Robert Dozier, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's in legal terms. We'll be talking about the T-word tariffs. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.